Uh, let's but go. I am not nervous in the slightest. <laughs> um, three, two, one. Hello and welcome to TBD 3B. Hello. It's episode 12 featuring our esteemed guest, Seaver. Yes. Hello, Seaver. Hi, how's it going? How's it going? Um, another special episode today. We are having our second guest on the podcast. We're slowly working through it. Um, I've already got plans for another guest after Seaver, but uh, that is going to be for the future. And I'm excited to talk to you, Seaver. Um, how are you doing, Seaver, right now? Doing pretty well. It's a beautiful day here uh, in the Seattle area. Yeah, you're. Uh, uh, how hot is it right now in the Seattle area? Like, give me a degree 96. estimate. Ninety-six. Ninety-six. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh wow, that's hotter than here, and I'm in Texas. Yeah, yeah I got you should... beat as well. I'm at a, a ninety-seven right now, and it's gonna go that's up to crazy. a one hundred two in around three hours. Um, because I'm in the Pacific Northwest as well, and we're kind of getting pounded by heat. And it's not been the most uh, comfortable experience, but uh, luckily I have air conditioning, and I think you have air conditioning as well, right, Seaver? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Is air conditioning do... not common in this area? No. Really? Oh, wow. No, I like I can't really speak to that because I don't really go around other houses asking if they have air conditioning, and I don't know a lot of other people that do that either. Um, but I know that I did talk to like one or two people that are working on the same team of me as me during my internship and they're in Seattle, right? And they were talking about how it, air conditioning isn't like the most common thing either. That's crazy. Wait, here it's like unheard of to have not air conditioning. <laughs> yeah. Because you will literally die if you don't have air conditioning. Literally. I know, so I, I think it's Drop not dead. as common because this kind of heat is not very much expected in these areas <laughs> of the United States, and this is a bit of a freak occurrence right now. So I guess we lucked out. Um, you're right now in Mercer Island, Seaver, and what are you staying at? Is it like a Airbnb, a hotel, some kind of shared house? Actually, staying with my at my friend's house or his apartment at Seattle University. Oh. I'm currently at my uncle's house. Okay. So you're in Seattle for your internship then? Yeah. I'm in Seattle for the internship, which is why uh, I, I I knew my friend was uh, had housing there at Seattle University, which is like. A ten-minute drive, six-minute drive from the buildings there. Uh, so I hit him up, and uh, he was nice enough to let me stay there. That's pretty convenient. Yeah. How big is the room? Is it uh, like an apartment or? Yeah, it's like so. It's got four rooms, four bedrooms, and uh, two bathrooms, and like a living area, a kitchen. Uh, but I'm the only one there right now, so. Oh, it's spacey. He's not there as well. The person who goes to Seattle, you. Yeah, he's in Serbia. He's on vacation. (laughs) (laughs) 
Does he, is it like a university housing or is it just a apartment nearby? Because I was thinking if it's university housing, how would he still be paying for it over the summer? Oh, it is university housing, but he's like on the basketball team in Seattle used D1. So they give him free housing for the summer or they pay for it. Oh, um, shit. It's at no expense to him. That's a great deal. Wait, is it's much better than Amersley too? Four rooms and <laughs> <laughs> for one apartment. Yeah, that's uh, very spacey. What's the purpose of them providing that housing over the summer? Are well, is him as an athlete? Oh, so he's expected to stay there like over the summer. Normally, but since they had COVID this past year, they're letting them uh, vacation for a while since they were basically there all all year. Mm, okay. That makes sense. That, that that's the perks right there. Um, I guess he lucked out in that regard. Um, yeah, and then right now you're staying at your uncle's house. Uh, I was curious um, originally when you said that because you said it was like ten miles away from Seattle, so I was wondering how you like commute. But actually, a more relevant question is: Do you even go in person to your internship work right now in seattle yeah yeah uh, I, so i think i said i meant 10 minutes driving mm -hmm. um but i also uh i borrow one of my grandfather's cars so i've been driving around mm, okay is there good and parking the around office, there? there's not parking at my apartment but so i basically have to like uh like find the spots and then uh where there's no signs or anything <laughs> um and then at, at amazon they you can expense it or you can take the bus i kind of maybe drive once a week and then take the bus the other days that i go in how long is the bus ride that's probably like 25 minutes, even though it's like seven minutes driving because there's so many stops. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's kind of how the downsides of busing all over the place. It's more convenient, but then you have to sit there and wait longer as well. Um, do you go in five days a week? Because I, I know. Do you actually first, do you go in five days a week? Uh, I go in probably like three to four days a week normally, but with uh, the heat wave, I'm going in more because I need air conditioning. Do you not have air mm. conditioning in the apartment? No. Oh, shit. Yeah, that that is... That's pretty rough. Yeah, it doesn't really... It doesn't really work out. Uh... Cause it's so freaking hot right now and it just feels like an oven in my apartment yeah that's pretty bad do you have any like fans or anything to help out with that if you don't have ac uh -huh. yeah but like it doesn't really help that much because you're just blowing the hot air around <laughs> yeah i can relate with that do you remember the first week of orientation when it was like super yeah, hot in pittsburgh 
Oh. Our our room was actually terrible because then it had like the hole in the winter. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Wait, Hampshire like, as a whole was just a terrible dorm. I mean, there was, yeah, uh, like prison windows and cinder block walls. I mean, it's functional. I I guess it's you take what you get, right? It's probably better than some of the other places. Um. But yeah, it's oh it's Hammerschlag is so unfriendly for accessibility. <laughs> like, if you're in a wheelchair, there's like no way you're getting anywhere in Hammerschlag. If you're on crutches, well, good luck with the stairs all over the place. Also, the stairs are cramped as hell. It's mm -hmm. one thing that I never thought of, but um, that's definitely relevant. Um, yeah, I'm glad I'm not living there anymore. <laughs> yeah. What are your plans for the fall? You know, um, go on campus or off? I'm uh, off campus, but like really close to campus because I have to like make it to or walk to the weight room in the mornings. So mm. I didn't want to live far away because that would have sucked walking it when it's like snowing out. Uh, so I'm like right on Forbes. Like with three other guys. Which side of Forbes? Like Forbes runs through yeah. the two sides of campuses. So which side I, are you on? I Hammerschlag by the uh, Margaret Morrison fraternity housing. Mm, okay. okay. That makes sense. And when you're saying going to the weight room, I'm not I'm assuming it's not the one in the UC, right? No. Well it might be because they're Debo's torn down. They're tearing it down, so we're gonna have like temporary lifting areas. And I'm not Why are they tearing sure. it down because it sucks. It's like so <laughs> run down, and like all the equipment is super old. Mm. And they is... make all the athletes work out there, and it's just not nice. Is that the one near Posner Hall? I almost forgot all the hall names, but it's like where the exchange is, like on the other side. Yeah. Of the street. Yeah. 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 That's exactly where it is. Mm. I remember that street is where we came in during orientation. That was like where I first met you. I was like, my family was in the car. And you were like walking around on the sidewalk or something. And I came out, I was like, I don't know if we were texting or something or calling. And it's like, oh shit, that's Seaver. Like, and then, I don't know what you were thinking. I don't think you were. <laughs> were you thinking, oh shit, that's Patrick too? I have no idea what I was thinking. All I remember is that, like, no, I have no idea what I was thinking. It was so long ago. All I remember was hot. <laughs> yeah, all I remember is that it was super hot, and I was really sweaty, and I was, like, kind of nervous because I was, like, trying to get all my stuff together. Yeah, I remember we first when we first met each other, or how we first communicated was like through email, right? You like reached out to me, and you reached out to me when I was in Taiwan over the summer. So like, I, do. I, I don't know if I was like responding at a weird time or something because of all the time zone mess ups, but that was yeah. like the first time we reached out to each other. Uh, yeah, no, I remember that. I remember you shared like some fun facts. <laughs> I, I could like try to pull up the. I know, 
Yeah, yeah, I remember that. No, you don't have to pull that up. <laughs> no, no, I think uh, I, I haven't heard these fun facts. I think it's good. You know, that's a good have that. Wait, that's actually a good. Um, there was a previous podcast where we talked about um, if, uh, like, often you have to share a fun fact about yourself when you're like meeting with new people through icebreakers or events. What is yeah. your go-to fun fact that you tell people when you have to do that kind of thing? Um, probably like that I'm super fun. Uh, <laughs> yeah. probably. You sound like Kawhi that, Leonard. He's like, I'm a fun guy. That, like, listen, I'm a fun guy, but uh, probably like it'd probably be that I either uh, used to play chess or I I swim or something like that. Mm. Kind of generic thing like that. Yeah, I was thinking it would be the second one that you said, like that you swim. Um, yeah, because that's not somebody that everybody does. Not something that everybody does, like swim competitively. So yeah, how long have you been swimming? Uh, since I was like, I want to say like six, maybe. Oh wow. Do you try anything else besides swimming, or was that like the first thing you, that you ever did? No, I played baseball, tennis, a bit of soccer. Uh, those ones first, I think. Um, but Standard. yeah, swimming's what stuck. Oh, and water polo. Mm. Interesting. Wait, you did all that before you were six? No, I mean, I did. I I didn't like choose swimming until like middle school. I was oh, okay. like, I had been swimming, but not like competitively or like competitively, but like only on, on a summer team. Mm. So then, mm-hmm. why did yeah. swimming stick out to you compared to those others? Well, because that's where, uh, most of my homies were, <laughs> and uh, yeah, they. Uh, I kind of followed my friend, who uh, decided to swim uh, at a year-round team. So, because I knew him from my uh, my summer team, but I wanted to kind of follow in his footsteps because he moved, mm. and a lot of my friends were transitioning. So I kind of felt like it was the natural succession to uh, my swim career. I don't know. What were they transitioning and, from? You said they were transitioning, like to swimming. Summer team. Oh, from summer no, team. Okay, I see. Are you still friends with that friend? Yeah, I mean, I have a lot of friends from swimming. Most of my friends are from swimming. Mm. That's good. That's like the, it makes sense if that's what spurred you to pursue that anyway in the first place. And Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What was the, besides the time like spent swimming, what's the difference between doing a summer team or the year-round team? Like more uh, competitions? I mean... Are the competitions different? I mean, the summer competitions, you only compete with summer teams. 
So, okay. uh, and like, you can't swim as many events. It's all only like short races, like one lap or two laps. Mm. Um, but so like, it's only, it, that's more for fun. Like if you're just doing it for fun, it's like mm. recreational. Yeah. That makes sense. So, uh, like, it's, as a comparison, it's probably like the same as someone doing rec basketball. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get that. Like, I used to do a lot of summer camp stuff with uh, basketball, especially. Um, it was definitely recreational because I'm really bad, and I would have get it. I would have gotten really exposed if I did uh, <laughs> year-round basketball. It just uh, wouldn't have worked out. See, I uh, never played any sports, so that's my that's my fun fact. <laughs> I don't play any sports. <laughs> it's a missed opportunity, man. Yeah. For you, you could have been that's the next. Uh... I can't think of a Hispanic slash Latino professional basketball player <laughs> that's really famous. Uh... You could you could have been somebody really good. That's what oh, I was I trying to say. Are there Indian people in the NBA? Uh, I could have been the first. I don't think there's there's a lot of famous ones. There's not a lot of famous Asians either. All you can think about is like Jeremy Lin and Yao Ming. Yeah, that's about it. Yeah. So that's more than one. <laughs> yeah, that's better than the the Latino lobby. Sorry about that. <laughs> you could have been the there. Indians. Yeah. yeah, you could have gotten Satnam Singh, the only NBA Indian basketball player ever. Ever? I think so. Oh shit! Yeah, you really could have gotten in there. Missed opportunity. Yeah, you got the height. Yeah, I've been t- every time, man. I meet somebody new. The first thing they ask is, uh, "Do you play basketball?" <laughs> well, that's the and standard thing. No. Is that your is that your fun fact too? I forgot if that was like that you say you're what? like that I don't play basketball. That could be a fun fact. I mean, I got. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Work, that's not a very fun fact if you're remote <laughs> because they can't see how tall I am. Okay, what makes a Hi, what's what, your what, fun fact? I don't play basketball. <laughs> what makes how tall I am. What makes a fun? What makes a fact a fun fact? You're saying that it doesn't count as a fun fact. Why wouldn't it count as a fun fact? It's not very fun. Okay. So what's your fun fact then? See, imagine you first met, okay, and uh, it was remote, and you're going around asking, like uh, Amazon. Think about when you first introduce yourself to your team. It's like give a fun fact about yourself, and the fun fact is. I don't play basketball. Is that a fun fact? <laughs> it's kind of a lack of a, of a fun fact. Seaver, you need to be on my side here. Like, I'm just saying. It's a kind of... I would say it's a kind of fact that you could say about yourself, and it surprise people, right? Because that's automatically the thing they'd assume of you. And then you just surprise them with a the fun fact, and they'll be like, Oh, okay, this guy is not like a normal tall person. You know, I don't know what normal tall people do if they really play basketball, but I'm not part of that group. I'm sure there's plenty of people at Amazon that don't play sports. Yeah. Mm, yeah. 
Did you have to do that? Like, uh, go around and say a fun fact? I, I don't think I had to do that when I was introducing myself. Or maybe I did. No. But I just described, like, the most basic shit. <laughs> we had to write something. We had to, like, write a letter. Like, an intro. Oh, oh, yeah. I remember yeah, that. Yeah, that's too. Yeah. What'd you talk about in yours? Seaver, you go first. Just, like... Uh, that I'm like super excited to be working on the team and uh, swimming. Uh, I, you say I, I swam on the Carnegie Mellon team. And... Did you mention chess? Yeah. Um. Yeah, I did. Oh. Did you play chess competitively? Yeah. What I... was your rating? Twenty one hundred. Oh, oh shoot! No way! Whoa! We got a. Beth Harmon, except male. <laughs> Crazy. And when was yeah, this? Not... When you like peaked at twenty one hundred? Like eighth grade. Okay. Oh, you're like a little savant. Yeah, I haven't played in a while though. Wait, isn't twenty one hundred like grandmaster level? No. You have to be like twenty seven, twenty six hundred. Okay. Is it some kind of master level? Like, isn't there uh, an IM? It's like candidate master, I think, is the... Candidate master. Yeah, I mean, 2200 is national master. Mm. You're almost there. That's crazy. Yeah, I mean, that's like crazy good. Well, if I, if I start it again, yeah, I could maybe get it. But it's a lot of effort to practice and train and stuff. Do you actually yeah. think you could uh, get back to that level if you like tried training again? Yeah, for sure. It's just I don't really have any. I don't really want to prioritize it right now. I have other things mm. that mm. are more important. Mm -hmm. What was yeah. a typical like training regimen for chess? Do you just like read books? I, I, my only like connection is, is the Beth Harmon. <laughs> yeah. I mean, no, you have to do like tactics, read books, um, play like practice games, um, study opening lines, end game uh, strategies, that type of stuff. Yeah. Do you study other people's games also? Oh, yeah. Yeah, of course. Like famous um, games. Probably. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. Games. You just like look at what the best people are doing. I used to be pretty into chess, though. Um, also, not very good at it. But I did like um, a chess camp once over the summer, and I think the indication for me that I was not really actually that into chess or not that good at chess was the highlight of the chess camp was when we had recess instead of the actual chess. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that was an early indication for me. But, um, I mean, in the chess, ch chess camp, we, like, played against other kids in the camp, and we, like, learned lessons. And I also still have, like, a lot of books about chess. Um, well, not a lot, but I have a couple books. It's, like, uh, fundamental openings and, like, chess tactics for noobs and stuff like that. Uh, so there's like a lot of resources you can do and uh, exactly. yeah i just never had the 
drive, I guess, to after the chess camp to really continue going with that. Yeah, no, not for everyone. Yeah, I, I really like, like that, though. Mm. Do you still uh, keep up with chess? Like, uh, like games that famous people are playing? That kind um, of thing? A bit, but not that much, to be honest. Um, yeah, no, it, it, I mean, I've seen, like, whenever there's, like, a world championship, I'll pay attention, but mm. not, like, I don't know a lot of people that play chess. Like, I have, mm -hmm. like, one friend that still plays, and, I mean, that's really my main connection to it. Uh, and we don't talk, like, super often. Mm -hmm. So, it's just not, like, I don't think about it all the time because it's mm -hmm. like life. Yeah, it's not a major part of your identity. I mean, it just doesn't. It doesn't come up that much. Mm -hmm. Whereas other things do. It's big enough to be one of his fun facts, you know. So yeah. you can't discount that. True. And true. Do you pay attention to? There was like around a year ago couple months where chess got really big on twitch and like yeah. grandmasters were streaming it and it became like a fad for a while yeah i do remember that it's kind of funny because everyone's like thinks they can they know about chess and stuff and they think they're like getting super good but like it, it takes a lot more than that watching twitch streams to like <laughs> yeah can't get it, chess. But I don't know. It's funny, yeah. Yeah, everyone in Twitch chat thinks they're the they're the best because it's so easy to backseat game in uh, chess. I found this when we had like a bit of a chess um, interest revival. Like, uh, do you remember Alon when we were, like me, you, and like Gus and Len like were playing chess a bit. Was it mm -hmm. Gus? Yeah, yeah, it was just like mainly Len and then you and me, right? Um, and then I found it so easy whenever I was watching like you or Len play to just internally backseat game and just be like, oh, why aren't you doing that? Or like, look at that easy move. And then when you're in the game, um, I don't know if you remember from our matches, but <laughs> I made so many blunders all the time. Uh, it's so easy yeah, to backseat game. Hard. Yeah. It's computationally difficult too. It's like NP hard. Um, so, you know, it's not easy game. Mm. Is that why? Seaver, wait, let me ask you a question. Um, is chess one of those things where it's like, unless you start from a very young age, you're never going to be good? Like, you have to start when you're like six. Otherwise, you will never become a grandmaster. Because, I, like, music, it's like that. Like, if you, if you don't start playing the piano when you're like before the age of 10 that like, you're, you're done for you'll never become a concert pianist um you're like if you look at all the major chess players i'm sure they all started young right um, uh not really trying to start it's like 2500 now 2400 or something like that he's an international master who is my friend and when did he start playing chess Fourteen. Oh wow. Okay. So that's not bad. It's not bad. Uh, yeah. yeah. I don't. I don't believe that. 
It I also might that... just like just starting young. It might not mean like you can't be successful if you don't start young, but if you start younger, you'll have like you you'll have spent more time and resources into it anyway, which means mm -hmm. you're more likely to come out on the top, which means the ones at the top a larger proportion or a very high proportion will be those that have started young, you know. Right. Also like your brain is is more plastic or whatever it's easier to learn when you're younger that's what i've heard at least and so like it becomes like innate to you <laughs> or almost um like an extension of you because you have like an intuition for it mm. it's kind of like language yeah. acquisition you know yeah is your interest in chess is that what led you to just do chess for your term project as well for 15 Oh, uh, yeah. That's pretty much... Yeah, that's basically what it was. I mean, you know, it's just like, what's algorithmic? And I'm interested in... Oh, it's algorithmically like, complicated, as they love to say. <laughs> Algorithmic <laughs> complexity. Easy. Easy. Wait, did you make a chess engine? Yeah. That's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. I remember when you were testing that out at the beginning, and your thing took, like... 10 minutes to suggest a move and then it yeah. still wasn't like the best move. I know, it was trash. It was just... But it's all good now. I, I didn't really... I kind of knew what I was doing, but now I understand what I'm doing, so it's all good. Mm. Wait, what was the thing that you did to rate your AI? Was it like Minimax? The, with the yeah, alpha beta with thing? alpha beta. Yeah. That was... I mean, I think that's what everyone does. And like you have to have a good board evaluation thing. But honestly, the hardest part was like all the rules. There's so many freaking rules, and they're so hard to. I mean, you have to case all of them. I can relate. Yeah, I did chess, just the Chinese version, and there's a lot of verbs, verbs, rules too. Uh, so it was just a lot of programming in that regard that wasn't the worst part of my term project though the worst part of my term project was i had to use this garbage module called panda 3d um which was shown on the projector though i know i, I got it <laughs> okay that's not like my life goal though <laughs> it wasn't the ultimate goal and i don't think it was worth it with all the pain i had to go through with trying to get that thing to work as well as that actually wasn't even the worst part. The worst part is with this... So I did like 3D chess, right? And I had to create the models for my 3D chess pieces. Except I couldn't find any online. And plus, they wouldn't have then given you credit or whatever. Like the grading scheme is so fucked up. So I had to create the 3D models myself in Blender. Except I never knew how to use Blender. And then using Blender is so finicky with that. So then that was like the worst part of my whole experience was trying to get first Panda 3D and then 3D models working. And then, yeah, it just kind of tainted my whole term project experience. Sounds like a foreshadowing of the software engineer's career. Yeah, you're just trying to figure out how to use different things and stick them into whatever you're trying to do. Well, it's basically what it is. 
I'm not looking forward to that at all. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> I guess it's a good pivot. <laughs> I guess we can start talking about the... Wait, wait, wait. I want to ask Seaver real quick before. What, what was your overall thoughts now that you've given yourself... It's been like a whole year and a half since uh, 15 one twelve. What What did you think of that course overall? And how uh, would you compare it to other classes you've taken? It's definitely an S-tier class. Mm, okay. uh, it's probably the best uh, or the most helpful programming course I've taken uh, when it comes to... I think it was, like, it was definitely one of the most interesting... I don't know. Here's what I will say. It's probably one of the most well-taught courses I've, I've taken at CMU. Okay. Um, I think they've got the most resources. I like. I thought Cosby was like one of the best professors. And office hours are crazy. Uh, and the videos. The videos were so helpful. Oh, the um, ones that he made. Yeah, I just watched those, and that was pretty much it. Yeah, those are helpful. I agree. And yeah, how? Sorry, go course, ahead. Yeah. How about the term I, project? I, I, the term project. Uh, I enjoyed it. It was good. It was really uh, like you got you had to plan the whole thing yourself, and then figure it out, like. It's problem solving. It's like a really important skill. I think that that's. I wish I had to have more classes like that. To be honest, mm-hmm. there aren't. I don't think I have any in the works. Like any classes like that at all. And I think that's an important skill to have. Glowing praise. I just want to. Yeah, I definitely got the impression that it was a. Uh... Sorry, I interrupted you, Patrick. I was just gonna say. <laughs> As a disclaimer, I want to tell all our viewers we're not sponsored by fifteen one twelve. <laughs> With all this praise that we're giving it, I thought it was the best class. That we're, it's not the best class I've taken, but it's the most well taught class. Wait, okay. So, what's the best class you've taken? And is this at CMU or just like in... CMU? Okay. And what is that? Probably cognitive psychology. Oh. Okay. Or Roots of Rock and Roll. Oh. Hmm. Yeah, interesting. Interesting. Because I... Neither of those are related to your degree. <laughs> also, I have yeah. friends who took Roots of Rock and Roll, and they had different opinions about that class. Um, I, I loved it. It was great. Yeah? I had there was only three essays, and I wrote them all in the day of. <laughs> it was just... And I got 100% on all of them. What the <laughs> fuck? Is that why it was the best class? And it was just, like, inspirational. It was, like, well-taught. Inspirational? Wow. Like, the guy had, like, a lot of things to say, and it was... I was kind of, like, having a lot of my mind blown every class. Wow. Shit. Maybe I need to take that now. Probably not. You know? <laughs> so, with your you you like fifteen one twelve, you think it's a very well taught class. How does that compare with one twenty two? 
how do you think yeah. what do you think of that class it's like a worse version of 112 <laughs> um, but it's still good it's like an A tier class mm-hmm. um, I like the first of all the lectures are not as good not even close who did you have um, do you have um, oh, you had Iliano. Iliano yeah. Cervisato. Exactly. <laughs> he, uh, yeah. I thought... Yeah, that, not the greatest. Yeah, not that great. Um, although, um, I will say that the the homeworks were interesting or more interesting than 112 but that's about as much of a the only thing that i thought was better um concept the concepts were like pretty interesting i i actually thought the the concepts were like a good extension of 112 um i just think that uh that it wasn't as well taught and I didn't think that the uh I also hated the exams. The exams were oh, so yeah. much worse than one twelve. <laughs> They're very long too. So long. What what semester did you take it? Semester. Huh? Yeah. Which one? What was that? This last semester. Oh, okay. Fuck. Yeah. Like, I have to. I'm kind of behind. I have to take physics two next semester, which is like a freshman course, and I have to take uh an eight like a math course that you, normally you take as a sophomore. Okay. And like all these like software seminars and experimental learning that normally people take in their second year did you take a gap semester yeah i took a semester off okay that mm-hmm. explains it makes sense what did you do in the gap semester worked and i swam from home uh mm-hmm. pretty much it. it was it was nice it was a good call to be honest like yeah with covid and everything yeah like it was like I don't regret it. It was a good experience, mm. and like kind of uh, uh, it gave me a, like a sense of what the work life would be like. Mm-hmm. Um, like going to a job every day and having to figure things out and kind of put things in perspective because I hadn't been out of school for that long. Uh, at that many consecutive weeks not doing any school. Mm. <clears throat> what did you work? Like, what did you do? I built, like, electronic uh, controllers for, like, motors and stuff like that. Mm. Uh, my... <laughs> Sorry. Um, my, uh... My neighbor works at a troll firm, and 
he uh, was kind enough to let me help him out. And uh, he kind of took me under his wing and showed me the ropes. And uh, yeah, I had a great learning experience learning about like hardware and how how uh how like all the relays and the logic works on mm. different levels in, in software what kind of controllers were these like game controllers tv remote controllers motor motor so like what, what kind, kind of, of controllers motor? a motor uh, yeah but what kind of yeah. motor like car motors or like... i mean like a lot of stuff like like it powered a bunch of like there's one that was like in a brick factory there is one that was in uh the ones that had to do continuously were like these propellers for um they're like distilled uh mixtures for uh thc or no cbd i think oh, fuck all right um and I'm trying to think if there are any other ones. Those are the ones I hit off the top of my head, but yeah, they were, um, I don't know, it was a really great opportunity. I don't, like, I, I'm, I knew that I didn't want to do that later or, like, again, because um, it kind of helped me understand things, but like new like this hardware but i know that i don't really want to go in that direction for my career mm. so you want to go into more software then uh i don't know i, I like my, what we're doing right now but i don't really see myself doing it long term uh because i don't really like looking at a computer for hours mm. <laughs> not really my thing i realized kind of hurts my eyes and i also don't like doing like that type of research like I, the, my favorite part is like when the thing actually and that's like a tiny part of the job when um, the thing actually works that's what you were saying right yeah 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 i, I feel that and but the main thing is just like I don't really like sitting at a desk all day. Mm -hmm. Not really. Like I, I prefer like interacting with people and working with people and talking to people. And I think that I don't. I like especially for software. Like I, I'm more productive if I'm not talking to people. Um. And I'm just kind of like in my zone, unless I have questions, which obviously I have like tons of questions during work. But uh, like when I'm actually piecing it together and making the connections between concepts, like I do that by myself. Mm. So, and honestly, like I'd rather, I'd rather be like, interacting with people people on a daily basis more than I, I am at Amazon right now. So yeah. would you prefer more like a product design kind of role? Or like what what do you have yeah. in your career? I mean that'd be interesting. I don't really I don't know. I'm trying to just 
enjoying what I'm the the time of life I'm in right now. Like mm-hmm. I'm not really too concerned. I'm just kind of taking things in. But yeah, I probably want to. Um, I think product design would be really cool. Uh, I'd like to do like some business maybe. Um, I'd rather have more uh, agency on what types of things I work on and mm-hmm. control over it. I'd rather produce a product that's um, like I feel like I'm at Amazon like the uh, the projects I work on are so niche because it's so big like AWS is huge and right. it's kind of like you're making like a cog in the machine like I'd rather build a machine not the cog I definitely feel that yeah sometimes you like get lost in the weeds right and yeah. you want to see the whole forest. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that yeah, was one thing that... There's actually a couple different branches to go from here. Um, but one thing I wanted to ask was, you're working in like the AWS team, right? What's the kind of yeah. projects that you're working on? So you're describing that it's more of a cog in the big AWS machine. What kind of cog components are you working on? Um, I mean, I don't know if I, or, okay, so I'm working in ECS, which is Elastic Container Services, and, um, basically, I don't know how much you guys know about containers, but it's essentially, like, self-contained code programs, like, all the packages and stuff and all their dependencies and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then uh, that's what the container service, that's what a container is. And then the container services basically manages the, the servers and the instances mm. um, and allows you to run, uh, allows a customer to run tasks like Amazon tasks, whatever mm. that is. And it kind of delegates containers to run those tasks. And my team specifically is the agent team, which is a essentially decides which tasks are going to run and also controls like the data of the tasks and the containers. Okay. Um, and I'm essentially working on creating a new endpoint to monitor the uh, the containers data and the task data. So I don't know if you've used like CloudWatch or like Datadog or something like that, but all mm-hmm. those services, uh, they ping the, it's called the task metadata endpoint and I'm creating essentially a new endpoint that'll function with more features. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, it, it's uh, very technical and like the, the common person, it takes forever to explain. Yeah. Yeah, I feel that. We're I try not, to explain to my parents what I do and I can't. <laughs> yeah, we're not even common people 
as in we have at least a background in technical stuff and I was a little lost already <laughs> with what you were saying. So one thing that I wanted to ask is there's a common perception of Amazon. Um, actually, I don't know how common it is, but it's common in some forums that say the work-life balance at Amazon is really bad. Uh, my team, I currently don't get that perception with, but most of the comments that were saying these online were generally talking about AWS teams. Did you kind of get this feeling with the team that you're working with, or do you feel like they manage their work-life balance pretty well as well? Like there isn't an influx of work that they're always doing or that they have to deal with. My team seems all right. I don't think they're super overworked. There might be some days where they're, they're like struggling to get something done, I think. But really, I think the all the teams that everyone wants to go on, like Alexa. Wait, like people want to go on the Alexa ad. team? Really? Yeah, all these, like, yeah, because everyone wants the like front end products that that Amazon's famous for, like oh. that's those are the products that are like cutting edge that Amazon is like they're like everyone wants to go to those because that they think that that's where it's like the most interesting and they can make a, more of an impact. Um, but as a consequence, it's like very, I think, I think, so what my mentor said, my circles mentor anyway, was like, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty much, uh, it's way more cutthroat on, on those teams that have this competitive edge to it because so many people want to work there. So they have to they have to keep a higher standard than some of the other teams mm. interesting that's interesting it's like completely contradictory or not completely but when talking with people within my team and surrounding teams and like our organization like the bigger umbrella team of our smaller team a lot of the people were talking or making fun of like the alexa teams and like saying how you wouldn't want to work there Maybe they're referring to that competitiveness, but the the kind of feeling that I was getting from that was they thought, I don't know, they were painting those teams in a negative light. So maybe they were talking about like that competitiveness. I'm sure that the people that aren't working at Alexa don't, or like, I'm sure if they wanted to work at Alexa, uh, or, I forget what I was going to say. I'm sure that they would go there or they would say that they didn't want to work at Alexa uh, or else they would like apply to work there or something. I don't know. Mm. Yeah. You know, that's funny also because AWS is like a behemoth, right? That Like the world runs off of it. So yeah. I, I find it weird that people wouldn't want to work there. Um, yeah, exactly. So that's a, something I found interesting. Maybe it's just isolated to your team. Because I kind of got that feel. Actually, I don't know if I got that feeling for my team. But just from common sentiment, I mean, it feels like AWS is one of the more interesting parts of Amazon, at least mm -hmm. on the surface level of what they're doing. Like my, 
development environment is like hosted on AWS. <laughs> Sir, I test my code. Oh shit. Cena yeah. might push something and then you might use it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Some point in the oh. future. What if you push something and then you use it in the future yourself when you have to use? Is it is it public facing enough that like you as a customer would maybe yeah. someday use it? Yes. Oh. Okay, that's pretty exciting then. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of like pressure too, because. Everyone get hyped. Keep out task metadata. Okay. Uh, and. That is pretty exciting. Um, you were saying that your mentor from Amazon Circles told you about this stuff with Alexa. Um, I yeah. didn't sign up for that. The Circles program. How's that been yeah. so far? Uh, well, wait. Actually, before you say that, what is the Circles program? Right. What is the Circles program? An affinity group program. And I got matched with another SDE, and uh, they kind of just like get you accommodated to Amazon and kind of talk about uh, what it's been like working there, kind of showing you the ropes, what the culture's like, and maybe give you suggestions about what you can do during your internship to get a return offer, mm. that type of stuff. My mentor works on the enterprise access team, which is like solely internal facing uh, work. So as you can imagine, it's a lot less uh, pressuring. Yeah. He, he, he referred to his work as boring and he liked it because it's a lot less, uh, you don't have to work like crazy hours or anything. Um, yeah. And you still get paid like very well. <laughs> yeah, like I am assuming for um. Wait, I'm actually curious. He said he described his own work as boring, but he still liked it. That's exactly what he said. Interesting. I, don't I think know. He, what he meant by that is like, if you break something, you don't get like. Millions of people <laughs> upset. <laughs> yeah. So that's so interesting, though. Like, you think you're what you're doing is super boring, and you're not finding enjoyment in it, but still continuing with it. But no, I mean, that's how I feel about the whole field of software engineering. But I mean, mm, that's just me. <laughs> okay. No, I think that's valid. Yeah, that's true. Is the in your team? Is there an on-call rotation with people? Like, there's one person on the team who is on-call and has to respond to stuff? Yeah. It's, um, it's uh, I, I mean, I'm not on it, obviously, but it seems, like, super stressful. Is there a lot of stuff that comes in for the on-call people on your team? Yeah. Like, Shit. Like they're always grinding that, and they always get tickets, and it's kind of. Uh, I would not look forward to that because you're like always talking to. Uh, new like you're always having to talk to new customers and solve the tickets, and it's not. Mm -hmm. it, mm -hmm. it seems like 
it's a lot of work. That's what I was thinking. Being on an AWS team where AWS is used so much, like, I would expect... I would be more surprised if there wasn't a lot of stuff. Um, on our team, yeah. we have, like, an on-call thing as well. And I think they can get busy, but we we have, like, a weekly thing where they'll describe, like, what happened. And so far, most of the week has been, like, pretty chill or, like, a normal amount. It hasn't been, like, huge rushes, which speaks more to how our product is, uh, the team that I'm working on, is a lot less used, I think, than something like AWS. And What is your product? My uh, team is in, it's like the organ um, operations, and specifically the team is focused on this stuff with inventory management, with like the Amazon warehouses. So, yeah, while that's used by all like warehouses and stuff like that, that's probably still less than AWS, which... Is that internal then? In what? Internal work? Internal... Yes, it would be internal because it's like with the warehouses and I guess that's like what Amazon associates slash employees use. So it is internal. And yeah, being on call, that's one thing that I think I would want to look for in a job, not having to go on call ever because I want my weekend to be my weekend and not have to be intruded by work. I feel like that would really suck and there's definitely software engineering jobs out there that you don't have to do that. Like I'm wondering if it's just the Amazon thing where every team kind of has to do that and nope. you have to like rotate. My my team also has a rotating on caller. Okay. Uh, I think anything that has people that depend on it needs to have an on caller. Hmm. Um, in case something breaks. I don't know, but like the first internship that I did, it was at a company that did like medical software thing. Um, that team, I don't think had a rotating on caller, or it was, yeah, I don't think they did. Like, had a special person who was like on call. Or maybe if it's only it's like for critical software. Uh, do you believe my team? Do you believe your team is doing critical software? I don't think my team is. I mean, that critical of a software. Well, did you, well, you said something about warehouse management. Actually, yeah, I take it back. It probably it, it <laughs> would make sense to have a person on call. Um, yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, my team. Yeah, it's pretty important. I think that's <laughs> a. Uh, it's like a completely internal facing, but like all of the data processing stuff, kind of something to do with it. Yeah, through us. So yeah, that yeah, I don't know. Would that be like a consideration for either of you? If like you had a job, and part of the components was you had to be on call, like how how important or detrimental to you is that as part of a job? Uh, Well, for me, it's like. I'm, being, I'm, I'm more concerned with the big picture, right? And what I'm doing with my life more than anything else. So if it's like a small sacrifice in the now, I don't really care. The, the, my wants and desires now don't really matter to me. 
is how I look at it, which is like different than most people. But so you're you're going for the big picture instead. What what is your big picture? Your, like, yeah, I don't really know. Let's move on to see right now. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say I was gonna agree pretty much with the same the same thing you said. Um, I'd say that. Like, if I'm doing something that I care about, I don't mind working on the weekends, but I'd rather have more ownership of the thing that I'm working on, not be, like, customer service, if that makes sense. Yeah. I'd rather, like, if I'm spending my weekends doing it, I'd rather have it be... Because I know it has to get done. Not, like... I'd rather be working on, like, a product that's my own, and, like, I have some agency over yeah your customer uh, service point makes a lot of sense because just this last week the person on my team that was on call he was talking about how well actually all the people that have been on call so far when they were describing their stuff a lot of the time it's just answering like questions that other teams have that ask them and stuff like that and then especially with the person that was on call last week on my team he was talking about how over the weekend he had to deal with a Sev2 ticket. Sev2 is like second highest priority. And um, you're only supposed to do that if there's like an immediate impact or whatever. And then apparently the person who did it, like it wasn't actually immediate impact, but he just wanted to get it done. So he raised it to <laughs> Sev2. <laughs> so that kind of shit, like, I don't know, that would annoy me. Just having to deal with that over weekends. Is there any penalty for? Service. I don't know if there's a raising. Uh, I don't think so. Or it's like calling nine one one when you don't actually have an emergency. Okay, well, maybe they talk to their manager or something. I I think they will talk. Just like, guys, please don't do that. You know, um, I don't think there will be a criminal penalty. You know. <laughs> yeah. I mean that wouldn't make any sense, but yeah. I mean like a write up or something. Yeah. Oh shit! They're gonna get pipped. Isn't that what it's called? Oh, hipping. Yeah, I heard about that. Yeah, I've never heard about it on my team, which maybe it's like a taboo subject you're not supposed to talk about. You know what we're talking about, Seaver? The pip? I only know pip in the stall. <laughs> what is pip? Like, how would you describe it, one? Um, so, I, I mean, I'm an outsider, so I don't really know if I can describe it that great, but I guess you guys don't know either. Basically, Amazon like shaves off the bottom of the barrel. Uh, that's not a really good way of putting it. They, they basically the underperformers. They fire them every so often, um, and so they have like a big meeting of the managers, and they're like they identify the people that are underperforming, and then they go to the people that are underperforming, and they give them a bunch of super hard tasks to do, and they're, they're like, if you can do these tasks, you get to stay with them. Uh, if not, you're out. And so naturally, people that underperform aren't going to do some like super crazy tasks. So basically, once you get pipped, that's why this call is getting pipped. Um, you're you're on your way out the door. Shit. Yeah, and that's the kind of stuff that I heard with the AWS teams. So um, if you haven't heard of it, then I don't know. How prevalent it really is it might be with a few isolated teams and then those people go online and broadcast <laughs> really loudly about 
how annoying it is. So you never know. It's just for performance improvement plan. I just looked it up. Mm. How to become a verb? Performance improving planning. Yeah, well, plan. like you get hit with the Amazon pip, you just got pipped. You know. Mm, okay. Sure. <laughs> um, yeah, I want to circle back to what you were talking about with uh, you taking a gap semester. So, since you took a gap semester, are you still planning to graduate in four years, or are you gonna take like a ex the? Are you going to basically have as many semesters as a regular four year university student, or are you still trying to graduate? within four years of when you started at CMU? That is TBD. The TBD. goal is to... Oh, <laughs> That's our podcast. I have to. <laughs> well, yeah, TBD. <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna... My plan is to just uh, take all of their core classes and get all my requirements done as best I can. Then I'll decide after that because I'm pretty sure I can still do either. It'll just be a grind if I just try to do it at a normal date or my originally scheduled graduation. Mm -hmm. I'll probably have to take five classes or something, a few semesters. Um, Are you going to have to overload? Perhaps. I don't know. I haven't really looked at it too much. But. that's the plan is like to try and do it, try and graduate. And if I can't, then uh, I'll take some extra classes and I'll be able to I'll get, I'll learn a little more. Like, what's so wrong with that? Maybe I'll flip. <laughs> true, true. No, yeah. I mean, we got plenty of life left to live. Might as well stay in the incubator for a little while longer. Mm, that's rich coming from you, Mr. Trying to graduate in three years. <laughs> Not anymore. Well, it's still basically like that. Yeah, I made a similar decision. I'm taking one class next semester. I'm going to work. I'm graduating a semester later than I had originally planned. Uh, and you, but, you know, you could same, just... same line of reasoning. Same line of reasoning. Well, but you could stay in the incubator and go to for the, the regular scheduled date you know and then uh, you shouldn't compare yourself to others there's no regular this that it's actually just there relative. is a regular the regular is the regular the one that every most people do that's why it's called regular you know nah to each their own i think i think uh there's no reason that the the standard should be the standard um i just actually i don't disagree but I think there's a reason why it's a standard. <laughs> I think yeah, that's how most people like get it through it. Need you know? to be that is my point. Okay. All right, man. You know. All right. Since we're talking about CMU, why don't we? One thing that I was curious about is you are doing competitive swimming for CMU, right? How did applying how did you land, end up at CMU? Um, because I think, if I remember correctly, you were 
got here through like recruitment through that like swimming how does that work with colleges and how did it influence where you eventually like landed here at cmu yeah i mean pretty much like it was a huge part of my decision process because i knew i wanted to do some type of engineering slash computer science and i knew i wanted to swim in college so that really narrowed down the schools and uh the coach like i emailed the coach and we talked and we we had a good conversation and i think that that's ultimately what drew me to the CMU is like the coach talking about it and then the academics, of course. Uh, sorry, what was the second part of your question? Uh, I think the second part was talking about how did you decide on CMU. I think the first part was more of how does this whole process work with you being an athlete? Like you said, you're talking to this coach, right? Um, did you have to still go through the normal application process of submitting an application on the Common App? Was like some parts faster because you'd like talk to the coach? Did they help you get in? Stuff like that? Um, okay, so I don't know how much he helped me get in because like we talked once and I never said that I would go to CMU beforehand. Uh, but then, so I applied regular decision because I was like, I applied to like 20 schools and uh, and I applied and then I and then in January, the one difference was that in January he told me that I had gotten it and mm -hmm. I was like oh that's, that's dope and then I didn't say anything to him for till April when he <laughs> sent me an email he was like so you haven't talked to me in a few months <laughs> that means you're not it's like, oh, I'm going to CMU, so save me a spot. Mm. But uh, yeah, that's kind of, other than that, it's pretty much the same as everyone else. Like, I had to submit all the same things. Uh, yeah, because I didn't really like, I didn't decide where, to, uh, where I was going until April, May. Mm -hmm. Did places try and recruit you as an athlete or was it more of you reaching out to them and talking to their yeah. swim coaches yeah, of them do try to recruit you but like you want to show some interest too it's kind of a mutual thing uh and the thing is about d3 is like they can't pay you to come to their school like d1 can like they can't give you a scholarship for athletics so uh, it's not like uh, it's not like you can. Uh, it's not like there's a big incentive, like they can exactly, exactly try and bring you in. I'm thinking maybe the only power they have is with what you were saying with CMU, where they can maybe help you with actually getting into the school. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like they can definitely help you get in. It's just. Uh, it's not the same as like D1 where then you sign and then you go, you have to go and you get like scholarship money. And mm -hmm. It's not, it's not like that at all. Uh, but yeah, I mean, still, still like, still definitely gives you uh, the upper hand if you're trying to get in somewhere. Mm hmm. 
Right. So you said that, I think you said before that you had looked for schools that had the mixture of both good academics and would give you the opportunity to pursue SWIM. So like, were all of those 20 schools that you mentioned that you applied to all kind of focused on these two criteria? All of them. All of them. Okay. Wow. And they were... Was there, like, a restriction to you being... Um, because you were saying CMU is, like, Div 3, right? Is um, Were all these schools, like, the same Div or some higher, some lower? Was there, like... Was it restricted to Div 3? Um, and was Div 3 just because your level as a competitive swimmer before was, like, around Div 3 level? The thing is... Uh, so I applied to D2, D1, and D3 schools. Yeah. And the thing is, D3 schools are better than D1 schools or better than D2 schools. It really depends on the school. Um, but uh, my level is like probably uh, D, D2, D1 low tier D1, upper D2, upper D3. But, well, that's a huge range. But, yeah, what, yeah. Is, uh, the, what distinguishes D1, D2, and D3? Because you said some D3 schools are better than D1. Yeah, I was wondering about that too. Yeah, I mean, D1 basically means that there's like additional rules if you uh, are D3, like because one of the rules is that's really annoying is that you can't swim with your college team year round because like they don't want to give it that much attention. Like, what? like those teams on un an unfair advantage, I guess. I don't freaking know, but it's a stupid rule. That's what the I can only focus with the team with like a certain number of practices per year. Which is like I think it's stupid, but that's how it is. I think D two has a similar program, uh, and then D one it's like all year and you like it depends on the school though. Like sometimes like they don't train all year, but that's the primary difference. Uh, there's so, also like. The, is is it the division between D1, D2, D3 is that based on like the school size like bigger schools are more D1 because they have like more exposure more resources or yeah but it's really what they want to be like you could a D1 school you can anyone can be a D1 school if they're fast enough that you have to apply there's, oh, there's a whole process okay. to change divisions and stuff like that and uh, generally, they want to keep it balanced and stuff so that the one team is not like moving into D3 from D1 because that'd be obviously like ridiculous. Oh, uh, okay. If they're, if, if they're good. Mm -hmm. like, some D1 teams could go D3 for sure because they're not that good. I but, see. Yeah. So it's not like a clear indication of skill level. The divisions yeah, exactly. between D3, D2, D1. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. 
Okay. So, how would you characterize um, uh, your like the CMU swim team? And you can feel free to censor yourself, like not shit on them if you think they're shit. <laughs> Anything. I don't think anybody on the swim team is gonna listen to this. So, you know, feel free to speak your mind. Never know. Never know. <laughs> you never know. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, so it's kind of an interesting dynamic because the thing is they're all EMU students, right? And CMU has a very distinct, uh, profile for, uh-huh. I think. And, uh, so they're all really smart, obviously, and they're very disciplined is the other thing. Not all CMU students are disciplined. I found, but if you're on the swim team, you have to organize athletics as well as your schoolwork. So I think that added thing, that added program, uh, it's, it incentivizes you to like be on top of things. Uh, not to say that other people don't have that, but a commitment to some level to a, a, a sport like that that has practices twice a day is um, it requires a certain amount of organization and discipline. Uh, but personality-wise, like, there's some interesting characters on the team, for sure. <laughs> and, yeah, they're, they're quirky, as I'd put it. Like, I'm also, like, so, some of the... I'm, it's also huge. Like the team has 80 people. So I'm definitely closer to some of them compared to the other ones. Uh, some of them I barely know, to be honest. Um, but I, uh, I, I, I like all of them. Uh, I probably choose to hang out with only probably like, let's say like, 30 of them maybe I would hang out with or I have hung out with. Okay. That's not uh, a bad proportion. I thought you were going to say like two or three. Yeah, me too. About 10 of them or 11 of them are also in my fraternity. So that kind of makes it, that's kind of my core group right now. Because mm-hmm. you got that double uh, affiliation. Mm hmm. So we have we we just like do a lot of the similar things. So we have a lot of similar interests, and I think those people we have I have the most similarities with, like personality wise, and uh, what we like to do um, in our free time and uh, in our interests. So I mean. The other thing about the swim team, so so it's good. Now, the negative parts about the swim team, uh, I think they're most of them are very uh, exclusive. Like they're they want to be a swim team vibe. They don't really branch out very much, and that's just not my vibe at all. Like I like meeting new people, and uh, I know actually. It's funny that I say this because, like, Patrick, I don't know if you remember, but, like, freshman year, 
I was like always at the door and I, I was always seeing you go out and I would just be like doing something in our room. But yeah, I I've I feel like I've changed a lot from like the first few weeks of freshman year and like I prefer like meeting new people now. So nice. I don't know. That's that's my thing. Yeah. Yeah, what's funny is when I asked that question, <clears throat> I was trying to gear it more towards the swim performance, like how we match up against other teams. <laughs> but oh, that was oh. actually a great. Uh, I I enjoyed that answer too, getting to know more about the people itself because I probably would have asked that afterwards. Um, how about the actual performance though? Like, sure. how do we uh, do? Like, how is CMU as a swim team? Yeah, I mean we do pretty well. Um, we're probably like top. For the men's team in Division Three, something like that, top six schools, um, which is like pretty decent. Um, and the women's team is top. I want to say ten, maybe. I don't know if it's accurate, but uh, yeah, we do pretty well. We're very competitive, uh, especially for. Uh, Especially for the, uh, what was that? What you know, I mean, like the additional curriculum. Like a lot of the top schools don't have the same academic rigor. I think mm-hmm. this is just my opinion, but <laughs> I think that yeah. is. Uh, I think it's as impressive that we are able to balance school. And, perform very well in athletics or yeah. on our team as well for sure and that's just my opinion but mm-hmm. uh like compared to some of the other schools um but yeah we there's there's a few schools that we compete against that are definitely still faster than us but our every year our team gets faster and we have a really fast incoming class of freshmen oh so who knows exciting we'll, number one yeah. Incoming? <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. What um, events do you do? Is that the right question to ask? Like, yeah. Uh, what's jokes? Yeah. yeah. I swim 100 and 200 brushstroke, a little bit of 200 IM. Uh, yeah, that, that's pretty much what I swim. What is IM? Uh, yeah, that's like my third event. My, first, my top two are 100 and 200 brushstroke. What is IM, though? What is IM, yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Uh, individual medley, it's all the strokes. Oh, yeah. Wait, I remember. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. You came to my... I came to one of them uh, when you... Yeah. It was at CMU. I, I saw yeah. the videos. I sent them to you, too. I, like, recorded videos. Um, I won. I won that. Yeah, uh, you won. I was cheering bro. you on. Congratulations. Awesome. Belated <laughs> congratulations. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. That was a good time. That was a good time. Yeah. It was. Back on fucking campus. I miss that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we're... You guys all... haven't been there, huh? Huh? Hmm? You haven't been there in a year? Yeah, well, Elon has. I yeah, haven't. I was technically there. I was off campus. I never really went to class because it was all remote. But I went to the gym occasionally. Occasionally? I thought it was pretty regular. Was yeah, three times a week. Yeah, that's uh, pretty regular. So, um, yeah, uh, I I wanted like 
really emphasize you were talking about how cmu student like cmu has a good academic reputation so then all the people on the cmu swim team they've got this humongous task of balancing between swim activities and the academics and that is something that i really admire because mm -hmm. uh yeah i don't know how <laughs> the fuck to do that with the academics being um can be quite taxing and then having to balance with sim swim as well it's very admirable very uh and how many hours each week do you spend swimming i'd say it's probably around somewhere around like 18 maybe 16 16 oh, maybe, wow. something like that it's like a part-time uh, job yeah. yeah it's definitely I'm more thinking... than TAing. it's more hmm. more hours the white class probably Hmm. I don't know. I'd say 112 is probably 112 is one of the most like I think like hours yeah. you have to spend, and I still didn't spend like consistently 16 hours a week. I don't think so. Uh, yeah, I did not. Then again, I'm I'm not the best person to say because I did um, after like the first half of the first semester yeah. uh, as a TA. I basically made it. Um, so that I would do like as few stuff as possible, um, <laughs> or aim to do that. Like, I don't know if that's actually maybe more of just the last semester I TA'd or this part of the second to last semester as well. Because like, um, I had a particular strategy here. Uh, actually, here I think that was most relevant in the second semester I TA when it was online. Because like there just wasn't a lot of incentive for me to do it. I'm spending time doing this stuff, and then I don't know. It's like I could use my time doing other stuff. And then I did a little bit more, maybe in the last semester, though really barely anything more than the second semester, just because I got paid a little more. Because uh, <laughs> I uh, the minimum wage in Oregon was like uh, I. You, I get paid that, which is higher than what I would have gotten paid in Pittsburgh, like a whole dollar fifty exactly. more, which is not bad. So I did spend a little bit more time in that third semester when I had that change, but I would say overall, I'm not a good representative because I didn't, I definitely didn't max out hours, and like I tried to keep it low, commit as low commitment as I could, but. The whole point I was going with that is that 112, on average, I think is one of the most time commitments as like a TA compared to other classes. Because I know, um, uh, I have a friend who uh, applied to the 210, uh, and she got accepted as a TA. And when she was talking about like with whoever was interviewing her. Uh, she like talked about her experience because she TA one twelve as well, and the person who interviewed her, who is a two ten TA, was like, "Oh yeah, two ten TAing is a lot less than one twelve. And I, I I feel like if you can compare that with like other classes, I I bet so too. I can already see that also with the effort that some other TAs do. Like I don't know if I've said this on the podcast. I think I always kept it off podcast but the 213 213 tas like they kind of annoy me in how little they interact with piazza like there's just so many questions there and they never answer any 
and it's like just there and some of the questions aren't that bad and nobody gives a shit about answering questions and that kind of frustrates me and i was like i don't know fucking annoying you know i'm yeah. ranting here <laughs> well i was gonna say uh i know mason does uh he he teaches he's i mean he's on the swim team he's also in my fraternity he holds like a leadership position and he's TAing I think 150. Oh whichever shit. the functional program yeah that it's is. that one. I know Len does it too. Dude what the fuck? There's no way that he would be able to do it if there was like a, a ton of hours. I think it's like I, I would do that but like 112 is too much. I can't. 112 is definitely too much. Like when I took I think a lot of the CS classes like are probably more hours than like <laughs> it's definitely more than like micro if you took micro because um, I think the micro TAs oh, yeah. like had to do jack shit <laughs> like what, it really what, wasn't I, that it can't be that bad for the micro TAs. I lived with a guy who was a micro TA and uh, he pretty much just went on uh, grade scope and just checked boxes for hours and that was it i know i mean yeah, that's kind of like soul crushing work that's one of my least favorite parts of grading yeah. was grading when i had to do uh when we had to grade quizzes and fucking midterms um so are you doing it again no i'm not so i should clarify i did it for three semesters i'm not doing it again um why did I stop? Because I don't want to do it anymore. It sucks. It doesn't It doesn't suck, down. but I don't want to do it anymore. It's. I'm glad to not be doing it. You could try a new class, you know? Apply to be a 213 TA, you know? Well, I mean, I already... I don't know uh, if you heard it, but I was going on about how 213 TAs suck and they don't answer your Piazza questions and shit like that. Yeah, and... you could change. You could turn it around, you know? Well... No, I'm not that kind of. <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> that takes yeah, effort. Takes some that takes yeah, effort. Did you hear my whole thing? I was talking about how 112. I put in a, not a lot of effort, right? Well, yeah, that's because it wasn't fulfilling work. But you have a goal in mind. How is 213 uh, TA more fulfilling work? It's oh, actually no, probably you're... worse. Like the amount of debugging you have to do with C questions has <laughs> got to be even worse. Like no, I, I know that a, myself. The kind of question, around. the kind of questions That's I bring to office picture, hours, though. the kinds of questions I bring to office hours, I would hate if I was a TA, because <laughs> they're terrible to answer. It's not like simple. It's like helping them debug, and I really do not want to do that. So That's so funny. <laughs> that is not what I want to do. Uh, no, you could uh, TA micro then, you know. <laughs> okay, but. That that's also the other thing that I was saying. Zebra was just talking about how his friend who did micro was just clicking grade scope boxes, and I didn't like doing that as one twelve. You know, oh, yeah, the, I really missed that part of this conversation, didn't I? <laughs> the, the part that I enjoy of TA was the teaching, right? Teaching recitations and uh, doing some of the extra events where I would like teach. I think those were the best parts. And I think uh, I also did lecture moderation for the uh, my last semester, where I like sat in the Zoom lecture and answered questions. 
that people had. And that was like okay as well. Um, so th those are like my favorite parts. And uh, Micro doesn't really provide that. <laughs> and 213, well, it has its own problems. So, you know. Fair enough. Maybe. Like, it's not ruled out. I could still do it with other classes, but I think I want to at least take the next semester at least off, you know? Fair enough, fair enough. And you got that fat paycheck from Amazon now, so you don't really need to make money. Yeah. <laughs> Still got to live frugally, but, you know, because... Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, we have, we have plans for that money. <laughs> <laughs> Amazon money. It's, it's Amazon money in two terms. Amazon and Amazon, uh -huh. you know? <laughs> Uh, we're we're gonna go motorcycling through the Amazon <laughs> after graduation. Yeah. It's a pipe dream. I don't. Come... <laughs> oh, you sorry, guys go need ahead. to come to the. I was saying you guys need to come to the campus though. The campus? It's so fun. Yeah. Oh, the Amazon campus. Yes. Oh shit! Really? Wait. Describe. Like you're saying you're going in. Like so. That was one thing that I forgot to ask. Um. Or maybe I did ask, like, how many people in your team go in with you, like, are also in person? Oh, like, probably, like, three at a time. Out of, what, like, ten? No, my team is, like, 18, including five I <laughs> see. Wait, that's a huge team. I thought Amazon, two pizza teams, right? How is 18 a two pizza team? Well, I mean, it's it's got, like... You got You need two extra, extra large pizzas for that. I mean, it's a big pizza. And if there's yeah. a fat there's person, a they'll eat up one of those. So like, okay. then you need. It's probably more. it's probably more like twelve full time employees. So you have six interns. Five. I mean, my math's not adding up, but it's around that. Like Wait, 12, you have you have five interns? How many? So you have five interns like working on the same team as you? Yeah. I have one, and that's me. I have zero. So, I mean, <laughs> okay, I have yeah, one. Yeah. I've, I, had, I had one, and then she moved to a different team because her project, like, became more relevant with another team. So then it was just me. I, I can't believe you have five fucking interns also. Yeah. Except only one of them is in person, and she, I've never seen her because she doesn't, she goes to, like, a secret spot or something. <laughs> oh, come to the like we have a designated floor and like through uh desk and stuff but i've never seen her there she like introverted maybe you should look for her or like ask her like yo you want to yeah, where do you go i don't know maybe i was thinking about it but like i was so busy this week with my design doc because i hadn't really started it and it was due thursday and I had like nothing done by Monday, and I was like, okay, I gotta just grind. <laughs> yeah, I was like so stressed. Right. So it's, it's like school then, right? No, no, no. Like, dude, I I, I feel like for yeah, I feel for Len because he was describing how he was like grinding on his shit too, and I'm like, buddy, you need to <laughs> chill on it. I don't think it's don't don't act like don't treat it like CMU work. You don't have to grind as hard, I don't think. I saw Lens. His was super thorough. Like, I saw it before it even finished. I was like, oh, this is way better than mine, bro. Did he send it to you, too? 
He was like, yeah, I don't really know what I'm doing. And I think he was like stressing his arms because mm. some people. Yeah, I know. <laughs> he, was like, he was doing that work. too. He like sent it to um, me and her dash. Her dash. I don't know if you know her dash, but. Um, uh, I don't think so. Yeah, he he's another CMU person who's at Amazon. Gotcha. There's a bunch of CMU people at Amazon. Um, but here's the thing, though. Like, I was I wasn't stressed, and then my manager I showed it to my like to my manager at first. She was like, "Yo." Why do you have nothing to do? <laughs> 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 like, oh, I didn't know I was right. supposed to have that one by now. Then, yes. So I was like, oh, God. I, and then I started freaking out. Yo. Because I, like, still want to do well and stuff. So, yeah. uh, yeah, um, this is much. My mentor is great. Like, I went to, he lives like three minutes away from me walking. So I walked over to his apartment. He got me lunch. And then from four to nine o'clock at night, we just, we just talked. And I figured out what to write about and stuff. Oh, wow. You were talking for five hours about like work, or is it just about everything? It's about everything. Okay. But um, mostly, mostly, my project. Mm. Shit. I Is he a that. young guy or what? Is he young? Like our thirties or? I'd say, yeah, I think he's thirty-five. Okay. Is that classified as young? I guess. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's like middle. Like, yeah, we're halfway in the grave, so, you know. <laughs> <laughs> the grave seventy. Really? No, I mean. It's a bit of an early grave. It, it seems like that's like twice my age, bro. Almost like you're thirty-five. Yeah, the, twice my age is. Uh, oh, fuck. <laughs> I thought you were saying seventy was twice your age. Oh no, that was 35. confusing. That's like okay. that's like pretty old. Uh, well, yeah, sure. Yeah, you got kids by then. Married. Like a different stage of life. That's not necessarily true. You have kids by 35. You can have kids after that. Yeah, but I mean, my parents had kids by then. Mm. That's how I benchmark things. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, no Congratulations. problem. <laughs> Congratulations. Congratulations. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, what the fuck were we talking about? It was uh, Amazon. Hey. Oh, the design doc. And um, how do we get to there? Shit. Oh, I asked you um, the in-person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's what it was. So, like, for me, that, that made more sense what you're saying. Like, three people out of an 18-person team. That's, like, around the proportion that my team goes in person. There's, like, one person who goes semi-frequently. And then everyone else is basically not frequently going to the office. <laughs> Um, is Amazon giving you the option of like indefinite work from home? I mean, not, not you, but like uh, no, full-time employees. No, I don't think so. Like, I saw there was an email. I don't know if you got the same email, Seaver, but there was like an email to like employees and stuff, and they were talking about how the current plan is like three days in person, two remote. Like from now, uh, like later on, how will be how it will be in the future. So. Mm -hmm. It's not really like fully remote. Because uh, my company is giving 
but an option. You can fill out a form and then you can be remote forever. That would be awesome. Mm hmm Like, does remote forever mean you're, like, banned from company offices or, like... Yeah, I don't really know how that works. I mean, I'm not in the loop because it doesn't really apply probably, to me. But... It probably means you don't get an assigned desk or something. Mm. I'm fine with that, like, if I was well, working like that. I think when you're young, it's better to work uh, not remote. Because, like, you want to meet people. It's like your career is just taking off. It's right. like you don't really know what you want to do. It's better to, like, network and make connections. And um, also, it's easier to learn, I think, in person. Because oh, I have so many questions, right? Oh, yeah. And <laughs> we talked about I mean, this. it's like a million Slack pings is what it is. I just ping my mentor over and over again. <laughs> I feel like it's annoying. Yeah. Um, and then I get, like, maybe 15 minutes, 20 minutes a day uh, with the mentor, like one-on-one. -on -one. Um, so it's like harder to learn. I think the forward thinking that you're talking about, Seaver, like networking and learning from people, that's uh, what a responsible person would do. You know? <laughs> so you know where I fall. Possibilities. <laughs> uh, yeah. The possibilities. That's cool. So wait, we were also talking about how there's a lot of CMU people at uh, Amazon too. What? Um, you're is Mason there as well that you were uh, talking with? Yeah, he's. I mean, I'm not with him. He's outside still, but uh, yeah, he's. Uh, we were gonna live together actually. Uh, but we had a ho housing dispute because I wanted to live in the U district, which is like where U Dub campuses, and he wanted to live super close to Amazon, where it's like super expensive. And I was not about that because I wanted to save my stipend. Yeah, and I ended up uh, squatting at my friend's apartment. Dead. That's even better than like I bet the rate he get. Did you even have to pay anything to him? I mean, the problem is tomorrow. I mean, no, which is great. Uh, but the problem is to I have to like do some chores for him while he's gone. Like tomorrow, I have to rent a U-Haul and I have to sh go pick up a sofa he bought and move it into his apartment. Oh, and shit. he's on the fourth floor. Well, I, I'm probably going to get a friend. But he's on the fourth floor, and it's going to be 100 degrees. <laughs> it's not going to be fun. Yeah, that is... He picked the worst timing. Like, fucking when the heat <laughs> wave is happening right now. Yeah, I don't even want to think about it. He definitely could have picked a better time. Yeah. Unfortunate. I mean, at least you're saving all your money, you know, that's that's forward thinking. That's good. Um, how many other people do you know uh, from CMU that are working at Amazon, too? We have that Slack channel, but... I know, but how many people do you recognize that you, like, actually talk to at CMU? You, uh, yeah. So, besides, the, besides you, uh... I mean, I know Len, Mason, this girl Sophie. 
and of course, uh, P. P. Uh, fee? Yeah. fee. Oh, fee. I thought you said P, like P E E. I was like, what the fuck? Johnny uh, P. Yusuf. Uh, oh, Yusuf's there too. Oh shit. Really? The whole swim Here, team, the whole Hammerschlag swim team. <laughs> exactly. We're just, we're just Amazon born to be Amazon. Sick. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it, I think. Okay. As far as people that I actually know, I didn't know Yusuf was there. Fuck. Well. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, well, he's in California, so. He's okay. Has anyone else? Uh... Sorry, continue. I no, he's. He, I think he's. He was gonna work in Seattle, and then he uh, decided to go remote, and then he changed again. So now he's working at like the Palo Alto offices, or like wherever the ones in California are. But mm. is he? Is his team still in Seattle? No, he changed teams. Oh, okay. That makes more sense. I see. Um, what I was going to ask is, is anyone else at CME, you know, uh, in person? Yeah, this, I mean, there's a few people. I don't really know them that well. Mason's been hanging out with them, I think. Uh, mm-hmm. I've been, uh, I've been kind of, uh, out and about doing other things. Uh, I've been swimming. That takes up a lot of time. Mm-hmm. Grind never stops. Yeah, well, I just... That's the thing about swimming, is that, like... It's kind of ingrained in me now, so when I'm not doing it, I kind of don't feel good. Ooh. Like, I feel kind of gross. The fuck? Isn't that, like, addiction? Like, uh, like cocaine? It's kind of, like, like, low-key, like, it's lightweight, kind of, uh... Kind like, of not good. Lightweight drug. <laughs> but, like, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, it's like, uh, don't brush your teeth in the morning. Like, I'm serious, though. Like, it kind of is. Like, I'm kind of relying on it. Mm. So, Do you plan on swimming for the rest of your life? I mean, at probably some form of swimming. Probably not the same commitment level that I'm doing right now, but... 200 meter IM, 70-year-old. <laughs> I mean, you can. You can swim that old. Mm-hmm. Maybe I mean, not like yeah. the same, but you can swim. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Arnold Schwarzenegger still lifts. Lifelong sport. He's he's not seventy, is he? Is he seventy? Yeah, he's older. He's more than seventy. Fuck. That's a tone, man. He's old. Seventy-three. Okay. Um. Yeah. I was, uh, if swimming is like a drug, you think you're going to relapse if you <laughs> don't swim for a while? Uh, I don't know. It's just like, if I don't swim, no. See, the thing is, like, I have withdrawals. Like, but withdrawals. they don't go away. Yeah, that's the right word. I, I said relapse. That was definitely the wrong word. I meant yeah. withdrawals. No. No, I, I had that when, like, COVID happened and there was no swimming. And I was like, bruh. I have to run now, and then running, was, <laughs> running is not the same. No, I get that too. I would had a short stint where I was trying to like run every day, 
and that clearly didn't work out. Or actually, I wasn't trying to do it every day, but I was trying to at least do it consistently where I had a few days a week that I'd do that. And running just sucks. Like, it's not fun. I don't yeah. know. I, I, could, I could probably, like, maybe once or twice a week if I, like, act, if I was actually disciplined. And it has to be, like, an outdoor run, like, like on a, a trail or something like that. Like, I don't really mess with track. That just seems lame. It's, it's really boring, the track. It's, like, the same thing, right? Yeah, I mean, it's not, I mean, the pool's, like, that's the pool. <laughs> that is the pool, too. It's, <laughs> <laughs> like, the pool is, like, multiple strokes, and it's, uh... The pool's a rectangle, man. It's just a concrete rectangle. Yeah. Yeah. With blue water. Or clear water. So the pool, like, regulates your temperature, though, right? That's, yeah. uh... Is that in contrast to running? Is that what you're trying to say? Like, yeah, in contrast, because like, if you go out running right now, you'd like, die. You'd, die. So. <laughs> you'd actually die, maybe. <laughs> That's no good. Yeah. Well, no, I swam this morning, so that's the other thing. Like, I'm so tired because I've been getting up every single day at like 5.30. Oh, whoa. Whoa. And I've never done that before. This is like extreme for me. Like, I've gotten up at 5.30, like, three days a week but seven days a week it's killer bro yeah why are you doing that because i have to swim i have to swim in the morning why can't you swim at night because i have to swim with a team and that's when they practice what the fuck at six (laughs) in the morning actually they also have practices in the middle of the day but that also doesn't work because i have work so Mm. it's the morning or nothing and I choose the morning. Wait, who do you swim with? Uh, is it CMU people? No. I mean, there's this new kid that is going to CMU. But he's in high school still right now. It's called a swim team called Seattle Metropolitan Aquatic Club, which is... Uh, or SMAC is what everyone calls it. <laughs> SMAC. SMAC, okay. It's a good actor. Uh, yeah. But yeah, that's who I've been trading with. It's been good. They're, <laughs> they're really they're good trading. Wait, I just want to... This is completely off topic, but when you're talking about SMAC as an acronym, um, I recently figured out that um, when you say... <laughs> when you say meta in like a game, like a video game, like that's the meta, uh, it could mean most effective tactic available. You know, like I didn't know. I like I. I'm pretty sure that's not a real acronym, but apparently it could be an acronym too, or that kind of shit. Like the most. Effective. <laughs> <laughs> that was. I just needed to say that. Like, I needed to share that. Appreciate it. As a as a side, <laughs> it was something that was, you know. So, uh, are you gonna do any competitions with Smack? Yeah, well, that's the, that's the thing. I have to figure out if I can, because if work can afford it, because I want to go to this one in at the end of July, but it starts on a Wednesday, mm-hmm. and ends on Saturday, so I'd have to miss like parts of work. 
And I don't know how my manager would feel about that. Yeah, just say uh, you have COVID. Just say you have COVID. No. <laughs> no, I only got COVID and I got the vaccine. So. Oh, shit. You had COVID? When did you have COVID? At CMU. Oh, shit. Fuck. Wait, when yeah, were you at awesome. CMU? Last semester. Oh, you went back. Okay. Yeah. Where did you stay last semester? Was it at, like, where you're going to stay uh, this no, next semester? I stayed in the fraternity house. Oh. And then we all got COVID, so what do you want? And how, you how bad was it? I didn't have symptoms, but I had to get quarantined and mudged for 10 days, which was the worst thing ever, because I got Chartwell's catering. They didn't oh, no. Not the Obi food. Yeah. Throwback. It was it that bad? I don't know if the Obi food was that bad. I mean, if you have to eat it for like 10 days straight. Yeah. Yeah. Then that's Wait, so, um... bad. Do you, so you have to go into work if you're hybrid? Like, you don't get to pick it's when you go in? No, I can go in whenever I want to. It's just that I have to, like, get... I have to do the stuff. Mm. And it's, like, to do if... If, if I try to do it at night, like, nobody's online. And if I have to ask questions, like, right, what am I going to do? Yeah, that makes sense. It, it's just inconvenient to do it in the middle of the day. Uh-huh. I, you're you join Smack. How easy is it to just join these swim clubs? Did you have to apply or just say like you already swim competitively? How what kind of restrictions do they have on letting people in? Basically, just I just emailed the coach and I was like, "Hey, I go to CMU. I know a few people on the swim team. Uh, can I swim here this summer?" And it was like, "Yeah, you can try it out." So I tried it out, and now I've been consistently going. I just have to pay them. I haven't paid them yet. <laughs> uh, yeah. How much is it? It's 300 for the summer. Okay. I don't think that's um, that bad. I don't know what how I don't know what the it is. comparison like the, is. Yeah, I don't know what the scale is, but like sports cost money. So 300 ideally, doesn't sound that bad. Ideally, you probably want it for like two hundred to three hundred, and uh, my team at home is actually like three seventy five, which is kind of insane, in my opinion. Isn't that like uh, just a result of everything being expensive in the Bay Area, though? Because your home means Bay Area, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean maybe, but I, and that's probably what it is. Um, but it's not like Washington's cheap either. So that's uh, yeah. So maybe that's why it's like three hundred as well. You know, like I don't think Washington is to the level of the Bay Area because you know those horror stories like people say of the rent and stuff. That's always the Bay Area. I mean, um, yeah, and Washington's like maybe the same ballpark, but it's not there yet. You know. So, mm-hmm. could explain yeah. that. You're right. Yeah. Speaking of the Bay Area, have you always lived in the Bay Area? Has that always been your home? Or what? did you move there at some point? Nope, I've always lived there my entire life. Um, Bill Valley, shout out to Bill Valley. 
Lil Valley or Bill Valley? Bill. Bill. Oh, like Kill Bill? No, as in Buddy. Buddy. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. As in Buddy. Okay. And how do you feel about, um, like, what do you think is the best and worst parts of living in the barrier? Um, okay. Best parts, the weather. It's like best what universal weather. Like if you go there any time of year, you're gonna get nice weather. What does nice weather mean though? Like places. what's the temperature of nice weather? Eighties? Okay. That's ideal for me. Like maybe high seventies occasionally. Okay. Um yeah. That's that's the number one thing. The nature, uh, the fact that you're close to snow, the beach, and like deserts, like all and like forest forestry, that's all there. Uh, the school, the education, like some of the best education and the. Uh, in the country, like some of the best public, I mean, I didn't go to public school, but like good, definitely good schooling there. Uh, oh, the food, oh my god, it's so much better than Pittsburgh. <laughs> uh, let me think, anything else for pros? I don't uh, know, like Pittsburgh, it probably is better than Pittsburgh, but do you feel like you've gotten the full experience out of Pittsburgh? Like with the food and stuff for a year now. Okay. Yeah, I guess yeah, that's fair. Yes, I, I I feel like I've come to the conclusion that like Pittsburgh food does not come close to the West Coast. Like I come to Washington for like a week, and I, every meal is like better than <laughs> anything I had in Pittsburgh. The best thing I have in Pittsburgh, in my opinion, is Roots. Shout out Roots. <laughs> Yo, <laughs> this is pretty good though. Yeah, um, yeah, Pittsburgh is alright. I guess. I, I guess like it's not as metropolitan as uh, West Coast, so you don't get. Yeah, and that's just what maybe that's just what I grew up with. But like, like the signature stuff in Pittsburgh is like wings, French fries, like meat sandwiches with sausage and like yeah, sauerkraut. That's, that's mm-hmm. not. And I like that, don't get me wrong, but it's not something I'd want to have for lunch every day. Like, I'd rather have, like, that's why I would rather have roots every day. Because, like, I think that's, like, that's my type. But mm-hmm. honestly, oh, my favorite food, uh, fish. Fish and sushi. And you just can't really get anything good like that in Pittsburgh. That's true. Um... So. Do you have a particular restaurant in mind in the Bay Area that you always go to? Man. The Bay Area, probably Samurai Sushi. Samurai Sushi. Yeah. Right, keep that in mind. <laughs> Next time I visit Bay Area, I'll keep that in mind. Or Godzilla Sushi. Okay. I mean, yeah. I mean, they're very. They're not chains. They're like you have to like actually like look for it. Um. But yeah, they have that. I like, there's this other place called Soul Food. This is a chain, but it's, I think it's like Puerto Rican food. So good. Uh, 
Pretty big. There's just like poke ball places everywhere. I like poke. I thought it was okay. I never I liked poke. it that much. I love poke. That's it's one of my favorites. Definitely. That's an S tier food for sure. Mm-hmm. But anyway, off the food topic because now I'm hungry. Um, <laughs> Uh, about living in the Bay Area because there's also a lot of them too. Uh, Wait, what was crowded? There's a lot of like, what? C O N. Oh, a uh, lot of cons. Oh, okay, okay. Um, there's a lot of people. It's like overly crowded, and as a consequence, uh, housing super expensive, gas super expensive. Uh. Like, uh, I think, oh, fire season sucks. Oh, shit, yeah. Oh, were you there when it was, like, orange in the sky? Yeah. That was crazy. I saw pictures. Yeah. Right, that's, like, that's probably one of the worst things now. Um, I'd say... There's a lot of, uh, sometimes the vibe is kind of annoying because there's just a bunch of, like, there, there is, there's some merit to the stereotype that it's a bunch of uh, stuck-up rich kids everywhere. Mm-hmm. There's, like, some merit to that. Uh, let me think. It doesn't snow. <laughs> uh, At least, but you have access to like mountains, though, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it could be a plus. It depends on uh... You can go north, and then you can get snow. Yeah, depends on where you are in California or the Bay Area. Um, but yeah, I think mean, those are the worst. The taxes suck. <laughs> mm. Yeah, uh, you know, fucking uh, Washington doesn't have income tax. I think. Yeah, yeah, Texas doesn't either. Oh, lovely. Yeah, Texas now. Oh. I got a California wage, but I don't have to pay income tax. <laughs> it's good. Yeah. Wish you could. Uh, it's like one of those quirks. Um, Oregon doesn't have sales tax. You can like buy shit, and I think that's actually, um, you know, I don't know if you use Steam. Um, Seaver, but like when I buy stuff on Steam, I never oh. have to pay sales tax. But I think other people um, sometimes do when they put their billing addresses. I do, yeah. Yeah, I don't have to pay sales tax because I That's billing pretty crazy. in Oregon. So I've know, never right? had that issue. Like this is a thing that my relatives in California do. Like I have a aunt in California, and she'll tell my mom. Um, to buy stuff and then send it over because if she wants to buy like a MacBook, like that's a thousand dollars, she has to pay like an extra hundred dollars with sales tax. And mm-hmm. then, so we just buy it in Oregon, don't have to pay that, and then ship it over, which is yeah, we have eight point two five percent sales tax. Dude, sales tax is so foreign to me, like because I've never that... had to deal with it, so it's a privilege. <laughs> Uh, it's like they have to get you one way or another, right? Yeah. Sales. So, like, there's higher, um, I think, like, housing or whatever here. So then yeah. people that live um, 
at Vancouver. Vancouver is like a city like right across the Columbia River on the Washington side. They'll like come over here to buy stuff, but then they like live over there and work there. Here's the thing. I think I think that I think it makes more sense to have a sales tax than like a housing tax. That's just my opinion. Because like you're consuming stuff and like I feel like you should be taxed on what you the amount you consume. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. It's uh it's like there's I'm sure there's a lot of theory that goes behind taxes because like if you change taxes even a little bit, you can like change people's behavior. Um, yeah, sure. and so it's like a very touchy subject. Yeah. Why don't we just have no taxes? Mm. Mm. <laughs> Let America dies. Go. Um. Yeah. How about is the homeless? Do you see a lot of homeless people in San? Like, oh yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, that's. Mm. The ugly well, I don't issue. go to San Francisco that much, so I mean, I do occasionally, but I don't hang out there that often. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that is definitely a negative. It's not. It's not the same city that it used to be. Did it used to be better? Like even when you were alive. Yeah, I mean, I don't really remember it, but like, before, like when I was bored and like when I was younger, it was definitely not as bad as it is now. Mm. Yeah, uh, it's a problem here in Portland as well. You can definitely see it in a lot of places. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of big metros. Well, especially like West Coast, it seems like. I don't know... Like there's probably a, actually weather. actually that's not true. It's just a lot of big metro cities all have bad homeless yeah, problems. People. I know Austin yeah. has a pretty bad one now. It's yeah, because like, uh, be really like bad. right by the Google office in Austin, there's like a tent city. So you have this, this like really nice high rise upscale neighborhood, and then right next to that tent city. I don't think New big... York is that bad, though, right? Yeah, that's what I was gonna. That's why I clarified to say like West Coast, right? But yeah. I don't know if that's true. I feel like maybe New York isn't that bad. But I know there's bad places in like Philadelphia, like Kensington Avenue. Um, there's bad places like in a lot of urban places. So I wouldn't mm-hmm. say it's just isolated to West Coast. Um, it's isolated to like places where it's livable on the streets. Like weather wise, like you can't, like, you don't see anyone in Detroit because it's freezing. Like, yeah, this past February, what? Uh, this past February in, in Texas, we had a massive snowstorm that was like totally threw us off guard, right? Um, and my friends, I don't know if I've shared this on the podcast, but, <laughs> but um, my friends found this homeless guy who was like buried underneath a bunch of snow. It was like he was like underneath a blanket, and then there was like a like a thick pile of snow on it. And I thought he was dead because he wasn't responding. And so I called the police. Um, and so the guy like like pulled up the blanket, the, the police officer. He was like, "You all right?" And the guy was like, "He, he like just woke up." <laughs> he was like, "Yeah, yeah, I'm fine. Just leave me alone. <laughs> I'm trying to sleep." 
uh, oh, police officer fuck. told him, hey, you know, we got blankets, uh, homeless shelter, just uh, 10 minutes away. You know, you can come. We got soup. Uh, and he was like, no, no, leave me alone. <laughs> I don't want to sleep. <laughs> so I guess he was fine. Um, Damn. Yeah. Great odds, I think. Yeah, probably. Um, but, you yeah, know, like, uh, that snowstorm, you didn't really associate that with Central Texas. So. I don't think you associate that with livable either, but I guess he was yeah, still yeah. surviving. Surviving and vibing. vibing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Living his life. Yeah. In the... well, I hate to cut us short, but I have to go now. Oh, okay. Well, that's a good place to stop as well. Um, I think we've had a good talk. And... Yeah, it was uh, great talking with you, Seaver. I hope it was. Yeah, it was great catching up with you. It's been a while. <laughs> yeah, uh, we should definitely hang out again sometime when yeah. we're back in person in the Berg. We haven't talked much back in the day. So now I know you a bit better. <laughs> <laughs> it's a valuable yeah. experience. Uh, what were yeah. you going to say? Sorry, Seaver. I said, or you could come to Seattle. That's true. I was going to do that, but I was like Yusuf, where I was going to, and then I decided to do remote. Except I'm not like Yusuf, where I decide to go to Palo Alto, so I didn't get that far. Um, so. No, I think it's way better. I don't know. I was weighing up the monetary stuff, like the cost benefits, and no. I don't know. You can go for like a, a weekend, you know. Even up, even with out. that, I don't know. Like, maybe right. you got maybe. a motorcycle fund. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> you can expense it to Amazon. I don't think they'll expense that. Like my I living know. in Seattle. Flying out, dude. They're flying out my entire uh, team. What? For like the, the flight weekend. tickets? They expense that. Yeah, I know they cover that in like the stipend, but that was like at the beginning, I think. And this the is beginning like, and the end. Right? Yeah, I don't think. Telling they'll... you that my no, my team is taking getting the Amazons here, or the other interns that are remote. They're bringing them here for a week, and then we're gonna do like activities, I guess. Oh, yeah. really? And wait, yeah. but the point is, did they expense it? Yes. Hmm. The team is expensing it like at the team's expense they have your team has like funding okay well and you can expense ubers and stuff like that so you're chilling what i'm gonna say is don't expect it but maybe you know <laughs> i'm gonna say don't expect it so with that in mind it's still only within like two months we'll be back there so yeah, back in the we'll be together again. Yeah, it'll be clo- it'll be close uh, soon. So mm-hmm. with that in mind, thanks everybody for listening. Uh, yeah. this was episode twelve, um, the twelfth one. Edition. Yeah, special edition. <laughs> we made it this far. <laughs> uh, uh, with Seaver. Uh, anything? Yes, thank you for coming. Seaver. Thank you for coming. Do you have any Good last evening. words, shout outs you mm-hmm. want to give to yeah, people? Yes, for inviting me. Uh, this is really fun. Uh, shout out to my my freshman year roommate Patrick. <laughs> uh, 
never had a better roommate. So that was one thing yeah. that I wanted to talk about in the podcast, uh, but we're just gonna leave it. Uh, which was I have no idea how you handled me. Like I came in late so many times, and you were like always sleeping earlier than me. And I, I have, want to apologize if I ever woke you up with one of those times. I don't know if I ever did, but it was uh, our sleep schedules were never like in line. I don't think like ever. Yeah, they would have been when I stopped swimming mm. at the end of the uh, semester, but next time. Yeah. Next time. Uh, maybe, maybe I have. Uh, I have to figure out what I'm going to do for senior year housing. So maybe. Maybe, come maybe. to one on center where everybody is, uh, or like I am going to be, and Alon, as well. So, mm-hmm. um, okay. We'll talk about that next time or later. Nice and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> next time, get a lot again. Uh, we'll but thanks. Every- next time. Yeah. Thanks everybody. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening, and we will see you in the next episode. See ya.